0: That grade, if a player is a 85, that's kind of what we say is like their Madden number. That's all inclusive up to everything that they're doing both on and off the field. It's so useful because it allows you to kind of see A, where where your players are, and we always talk about the 10-80-10 principle, and you can really visually see it because it's giving you that quantifiable number of who are my top 10% players, who are my middle 80 and who are my bottom 10% and why.
1: Today's episode is from our archives with St. Charles North head coach Rob Pomazak. I thought this one is extremely useful for this time of the year when you're getting together all your data, all your ideas from your season wrap up and putting them together into a plan for your next season. I thought his idea of creating a Madden rating for your players gives them something they directly can relate to and even becomes motivational and how they may approach it to improve themselves and to improve their Madden rating. There's much more to this one here as Rob talks about all the ways where he integrates technology and how this all comes together to develop his players. I'm sharing the episode again because I wanted to spark some ideas for your offseason and how you can develop things that fit very well with your program. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's vertical raise. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I am excited to be joined today by the head football coach at St. Charles North High School in Illinois. Uh, they were the 2018 state runner-up. I know he'd rather be playing at this time of the year, but uh, we're, we're uh, happy to have him here talking to us on the podcast, and that's Robert Pomazek. Rob, great to have you here again today.
0: Keith, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. I I look forward to it.
1: Rob, today we're going to focus on something that's very timely right now. This is definitely the time of the year where I think after you've had a little bit of time off, it's it's time to get back and evaluate everything from the past year. And specifically today, we're going to talk about the end of year evaluation and, and player metrics. And I think, done well. Evaluation done well. An evaluation that just doesn't sit there as an evaluation, but goes back into your coaching and the learning that your players do and the the development that they do, I think is a a big part of building a strong culture. Wanted to get your thoughts on that.
0: No, I totally agree. I I think, you know, data is is, is so important, but that is only as good as the people who are who are going to use it, and how is it how is it implemented into making whatever you're trying to do better? From an end of year evaluation, you know whether it's going to be staff eval or player evaluations even program evaluations it's so important to kind of get kind of get quantifiable numbers to see where your strengths and your weaknesses are and then implement that and let that be the foundation for for your off season and building towards the next season because you know unless you're practicing this week and playing for a state championship there's room to grow and i think if you're just kind of trying to remember everything that's just inaccurate because we don't remember things the same way and different people have different experiences. So getting that evaluative information back from people and then somehow kind of
1: trying to create a, a system that it can be uh, quantified and then, then used is so important. And Andy Ryland and I have been talking about evaluation from a position coach perspective and really not necessarily just evaluating the player side. That's part of it, but taking all of that data to really evaluate the job that we did in planning practice, the drills we used, and, and finding those gaps. And so, you know, when we look at the player side of it, it's, you know, evaluations, a lot of those same things, right? You're you're looking, you know, we're going to talk specifically about the, the player metrics, but as you're looking at what your players did, it, it's about, again, finding those strengths, finding those weaknesses, finding those gaps, maybe, where you can help them as a coach because like i said ultimately this is this is a feedback loop right it has to go back into something or it really has no value so as you're looking at the metrics you're going to measure what are the things that you're putting into that
0: Uh, for for the player metrics we we try to we try to keep it into a system that's divided between on-field and off the field. And with our, with our off the field information, we're looking at, you know, academics, how are they doing academically? Uh, What's their commitment to us in the season uh, when we're practicing four days a week, what's their commitment to us out of season if they're not in a sport, uh, into the weight room, into the, uh, into the preparation aspect of what we're trying to do. How can they understand common directives in a learning environment, not so much just on the football field, but in a, in a general learning environment, whether it's weight room, classroom, what have you, and then how's their character, you know, how, how are they living the values that we've set forth the foundational elements that we want our kids to be. And then we, we kind of look at, at the football aspect, you know, the typical speed metrics, strength metrics, height, weight. We value, we give a value to those. And then we also look at their ability to play the game from a, a technical standpoint. How do they use their hands how, how, are, how are they able to take a directive on the football field and apply it? So are they coachable? All of those things kind of play into that holistic view of trying to evaluate our players and it's not just on the field it's com- it's completely you know 24/7 what type of person are they are both in our program and outside of the program
1: and for you and your staff this is a process that you put together. You have a system for it. It's very detailed. I've always been impressed with how you use Google Forms and Google Docs and, uh, you know, the, the whole Google suite really to be able to, to have these tools ready avail- readily available for your staff and for your players. So talk us through the system you've put together here. The first thing
0: that we do is I want to get all of the information in a, in a one-stop shop for my coaches, because at the end of the season, I have so many out of building coaches or coaches who do another sport that it's, we're not going to meet readily, not until at least, you know, February, March time. So I want to get it into a a Google drive. Uh, Then we create a folder uh, that I share with the coaches and, and within that folder, it's going to have player rosters complete with numbers and positions, heights and weights that we've taken back when the season started. I'm also going to have team photos and individual photos because as much as we think we know our players, I have found through conversation with with our staff that when we think player X is really player A and it turns out not to be the case, so It's always good to be able to see the kid um, because that often triggers some of the memories or thoughts that you might have about that player. And I get that all into one location. Uh, With that, we start to get into our player eval. So we've created an evaluation sheet that's based on a one through five scale uh, with with different categories that we're grading the kids out on. Uh, So they have access to that sheet so they can print it out and then fill out the evaluations on their own free time. Um, I'll also include which positional groups they're evaluating so that they don't have to kind of figure that stuff out. I want my coaches to be able to use their time efficiently, not search for things and really, you know, focus on what needs to be done. And that's getting a a thoughtful reflection on their coaching and the the player's uh, ability to perform so that we can eventually use that information later on when we start to have our player-coach our player meetings and then our player-personnel meetings that we have in February.
1: And Rob, you mentioned photos as, as part of it, and I, I love the idea. I mean, you're really putting kind of a – it's almost like a scouting profile to got together on these guys. But I imagine that's really helpful for your coaches, especially as you have those kids moving up from the freshman level to especially to become sophomores.
0: Yeah, that's probably the most important thing. It's because, some, you know, you don't get to every single game throughout the course of the season. And those freshmen who are coming up to be sophomores, you maybe you have to seen them play once or twice and you have their games on film. Uh, but it does make it a lot easier when we're going through and we're able to put the player's picture next to the evaluation card when we meet as a staff. And now we're all we're all talking apples to apples. We're able to identify the kid and and we're able to start to build, you know, build a relationship without having that player in front of us, which is really important. You know, the feedback that we get from our player evals is the connection that we have from staff to player is is what keeps kids in the game or it's why they leave the game. So. It's really important to kind of attach those two things. Like we're going to form relationships with our kids, whether they're sitting in front of us or not, and the picture always helps us to do that, and it allows us to make sure that we're all talking about the same kid at the same time without having misconceptions. And again, it's about working efficiently if we can do it.
1: And then you, you put this together. You have your written rating system, and then you have a player metrics Google sheet in which you have a a grade you call your madden rating explain that to us
0: yeah i I hope i don't get copyright infringement for that but uh, (laughs) like the the madden so we take those numbers and and it's a one through five scale and, and the scale you know we've kind of tweaked it and we've kind of come up with a five is what we would deem a collegiate athlete whether it's d1 d2 d3 um it just gives us a an idea of 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 what that number five would be. A four is going to be a varsity level athlete. A three is going to be our our JV athlete. A two is a sophomore. And and a one is a a freshman or before. And that just kind of gives us a common grading system. You know, just as educators, we want to be able to, you know, horizontally align our grading. And so if we're able to define what those numbers mean, then it, it limits the gray area for what, you know, I might think is a five or what another guy might think is a five. And so that allows us to, you know, kind of grade on a common scale, but we'll take those, those numbers. And then we'll put into a, a Google sheet that I created. That's a little bit more expanded because not only are we grading just on, you know, you know, the off field and the on field stuff, but now we're giving a value to their height and their weight and their commitments. And that'll give us a cumulative number out of a hundred. And so that grade, if a player is a 85, that's kind of what we say is like their Madden number. That's all inclusive up to everything that they're doing both on and off the field. And that's on our grading scale. And now we can compare our players based off of that, off of that zero to 100 grading scale. And you know, it, it's so useful because it allows you to kind of see, A, where, where your players are. And we always talk about, you know, the ten eighty ten 10 principle. And you can really visually see it because it's giving you that quantifiable number of a, who are my top 10% players, who are my middle 80, and who are my bottom 10% and why. You know, is it because of a lack of football IQ, or is it a a different reason? And then you can start to develop your program a little bit more based off of those numbers, instead of just saying, well, you know, we have a lot of guys who are, you know, at the 70 to 75 range, but, you know, we don't know exactly why they are. This puts the numbers right in front of you. I go as far as to graphing them out so that my coaches can see it in like a pie chart or in like a, you know, a cluster graph so that they can really see where our players are at. And then we actually look from a program standpoint. Um, each of those numbers as I type them in are color coded. So like a five is a dark green and a one is a deep red. So it kind of allows us to see where our hot spots will be. If I take a whole look at my program, uh, you know, from player one through, you know, player 140, and I see that from a... You know, under like ability to execute directives on the football field is you know ones and twos and we clearly have a a a comprehension and execution issue and that to me is not so much the players it's what are we doing as teachers that's inhibiting their ability to, to successfully you know execute those directives and that goes into tactical training that goes into technique you know all of that kind of and then you start building your program you know from december on so um it's been so useful it is you know, I think it's laborious in the fact that you've got to input those numbers. But, you know, like you and I speak, talk about, I just think that if you're going to do things, it, it, do them right. And, and we found this to be beneficial to us because it allows us to have an avenue of conversation with our players. Like we're going to share this with these guys and, and they're going to see where they rank and see how what their deficits are. And, you know, it's it's always good to be honest, in my opinion.
1: The, the other thing I saw that you do with this, number one, you, you, as I said, you do this through Google Sites or even Google Classroom, but you do put together a screencast that explains this evaluation system, and I know that's something you wrote in your article. Now, it, it, who is that for? Is that for the staff? Is that for the players? Is that for both?
0: It's for both. It, you know, we, we'll have a, a staff Google Classroom and and then we'll have a player Google Classroom. But it's just, it's just sharing the rubric out with them so that they all understand, you know, what is the grading system so that when they do look at the numbers, they fully understand what we're talking about. Now, you know, we don't go so in-depth as to say, like, if you run a certain speed, like, this is where you're going to be. But it, it does allow everybody to kind of be very transparent with with the grading, and and these metrics are going to be brought into you know parent player meetings. You know when we sit down with a parent to talk about you know our, co- our college planning meeting, or even the next year meeting, it's a good tool to have in front because a they're seeing the time you're investing in their in their son to their own personal development, but it also shows that. This is, this is how we view your son within the program, and this is how he compares to his peers. And we're not going to go into who, who he's, like, the exact player, but they see the numbers. They can see where that player falls in. And it's a great conversation point. And, and sometimes it's a great conversation because you evaluated the kid exactly how they did. But then other times it's an opportunity to kind of elaborate as to, you know, why do you need, you know, player, you know Timmy to be, a, you know, a little bit more committed in the offseason or something along those lines.
1: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And I love that idea that you're having the college planning meeting, I think, and that's probably a topic for uh, another conversation, but I want to touch on it briefly. You know, I I used to do that when I was at the high school level, and really it was built off a, a end of the season question on you know their interest in playing at the next level. And so once a player got into uh, the varsity program, that's 10 through 12, if there was that... You know, that that serious commitment on their part that they really, you know, definitely that was something they wanted to do, then we would have those meetings and the kid could be a sophomore because I wanted the parents to really be clear about what it takes so that they didn't get a false sense of where their their uh, son is, the work you're doing, etc. I mean. There's a lot of, I think, myths out there that like to be proliferated by people who who would like to make a buck off of kids through recruiting. But I think you're able to, to get on the same page when you sit down and you have those meetings.
0: Absolutely, we we try to identify those kids as soon as we can, even you know as, as freshmen for those players who 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 really are serious about maybe playing collegiately, and it's not always Division One, you know, it, it's not majority of the time it's not Division One, but we want to make sure that we've identified those players, and then we have a, we, you know we'll communicate their desire to play at the next level with their school counselors so that they can start to get to, they can start tracking core classes so that there's no snafus maybe junior or senior year, and then we'll bring the parents in and we'll sit down and start to develop our, you know, our team, because, you know, you have a son who's moving on to to college in the next year or two. And it it does take a group of people who all can be supportive of that, of that athlete so that they can not navigate through it by themselves. You know, I feel as a a head of football coach, that's part of your job. It's a really big part of your job because, you know, you're, you're in the off season your focus should be how you develop your players for those who want to be developed for the next level. And, you know, I, I've found that it, it's been, it's been beneficial to everybody because you, you're able to support the player and accomplish the goal. Like I was just at the Northwestern Minnesota game. We have a player who's playing for Minnesota and to go back and think about that meeting you have as a 14 and 15 year old. And you're telling him that, Hey, listen, you know, I know this is your goal to play at the next level, but you understand that you're, you're going to have to live your life differently than 99% of the people in this building, because, most of them don't aspire to be a Division One collegiate athlete, and to see that come to fruition, and to kind of have those meetings every eight months, it develops a really deep bond, and I think it's really important to have with those players who are trying to move on to the next level.
1: I think that's important information too, and I'm sure it's it's starting to happen for you in school. You're you're starting, you know, Division Three football has ended. Division Two, those coaches are into your schools now, looking for players, and you know, you you want to make sure that you're. You're passing along the guys who want to play in college. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've, I've chased as a college coach, chase cold leads, trying to run a kid down and, you know, finally get to him. He's like, yeah, I, I actually don't want to play in college. So I think those are important conversations for the coach to have. I mean, I can understand sometimes maybe you want to push a kid to have that. But I know like some of the better coaches in our area, for example, you know, when when I would set up appointments for them, they'd say, well, I I need a little time to talk to my kids and figure out who's going to be playing college football first. So, you know, there's that's a huge time saver on the recruiting side for the college coaches, too. And honestly, that's what gets people back. has has those coaches coming back to your school year in, year out, because they know that, you know, you're, you're really committed to figuring this out and helping your student athletes get what they want to be and and that you identify those guys and, and know who they are sure and it it, you always have to kind of
0: you know remediate and 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 go back and see if those players are still interested in you know i don't envy what the college coaches do where they come in like like you said like you get emails right now that you got a full week of 15 to 20 division three schools coming in and you know they're visiting every school but they want to be with kids who are seriously interested in in going on to the next level and uh it is important to kind of have those conversations with kids at the end of a season. And I know it's tough, like at the end of a season, if you don't accomplish your goals, Everybody wants to decompress, and, you know, maybe you need some time off, and I think you should take that time off, but then you also have to, you know, kind of put your big boy pants back on and realize you have a job to do for the kids who are still in the building to kind of to see them and help them get to the next level. And it does allow you to kind of keep the program moving forward no matter what, whether you had a good year or a bad year, and I think that's really important. And, you know, with these metrics that we've, we're talking about with the player evaluations is something that, you know, I share with coaches too. Uh, as they come in so that they can see a player's growth throughout their, their three years, you know, we keep track of the plus minus, you know, and, and their growth. And, and so you can show a coach, you know, this player came in and, and he was a, a 60 and he's walking out as an 85 and here's why. And it's, it's not because of football, it's because of who he became from an academic standpoint, a character standpoint. And, and I found that to be helpful. It just, it's such a great conversation piece.
1: Rob, let's get back to some of the details of player evaluation and for you for you, you break this down into two big areas. You have the character cognitive and then the athletic and football ability, and you have categories each under each one of those. Can you talk us through let's start with the character cognitive?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know with the character cognitive, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but that, that's really going to be uh, off the field, you know the the commitment aspect of things you know how. How committed are they on the, you know, during the season? How committed are they during the off season if they're not playing a sport? We start to include their ability to take you know, directives with the, you know, from, from a coaching standpoint. Uh, we also have their you know, academic. We'll take, we're on a five point scale with our GPA. And so we'll go ahead and take their GPA and that's gonna be the, the rating that we give them. So if they're a 4.2, that's gonna be their academic score for that particular area. You know that that part of it is is something that I kind of do throughout the hall, you know, in the hallways when I'm watching our players. You know, uh, how are they handling? it? I talk to teachers about that. Our in-building coaches will talk to teachers about how their kids are from a you know a character standpoint. And it just shows and, and reaffirms that we're you know we're a program that, that's more than just about football. We care about their development as players um, and as people. So I think it's kind of helped us out from a standpoint of reaffirming our values.
1: And and I'll run down your list. I do have it in front of me. So um, you do have attitude and approach to practice, work ethic in the season, work ethic out of the season, uh, as you mentioned, ability to execute directives, leadership abilities, academic standing, and commitment to the program. So they're going to get scores in each of those areas. And again, you're using the one through five scale there. Right.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so the, the practice aspect of it, I think, is something that's really important for us. You know, it's it's something that is like, in, you know, in football, we're going to practice 80% more than we play. So um, it's important for our kids to understand the value of practice. And, and we're going to grade them on that because uh, that's something that that's going to show up on a Friday night. If you don't practice well, you know, the chances of you playing well are, are not great. And, and to us, that's a, that's a character issue. That's something that we, we really want to talk about and develop with our players. The leadership ability is, is something that I think all head coaches are, are really, Really trying to just develop within every player, and we talk about you know owning your 20 square feet. The you know the Tim and Brian kite, the E plus R equals O. Um, we've really bought into that you know that ideology on, on how you can be a leader in your own right. You just don't have to be a captain. So for us, that's a day-to-day thing. And that's something that we're always going to be constantly looking at our players, both on the, you know, on the field and off the field. And, and we will kind of, we will rate our kids on their overall le- level of commitment to the football program. And that's a little bit more subjective, but that's a full body of work on something that they're going to be doing in the 12 months that we're, we're together, you know, whether they're in a sport or out of a, or with us for off season, there's still opportunities to connect and, you know, we are going to keep track of those. And I, I, don't, I don't apologize for keeping track of those because I think, you know, the program that we want to be is, is a program that's highly connected and, and trust, trust is a huge thing for us. So I think it's okay to kind of grade somebody out on their commitment to the football program.
1: I agree with you 100% there. It's so important to what we do that we do get that commitment. So that then goes into the next section, which is athletic and football ability. And I'll run down uh, your list here and you can talk either specifically or in general about these overall football abilities. Which is on field football production speed, which you quantify with 40 yard and your GPS technology. We'll mention, talk about that one for sure. Quickness and agility, which is quantifiable data along with in game eval. Blocking ability, tackling ability, hands technique, catching, fighting, hand fighting, et cetera. Those are film evaluation, practice evaluation, and then the ability to execute directives, which is tactical on field cognitive execution, also known as football IQ.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know, that's going to be the Monday through Friday aspect of things, and and that's something that that you know that's kind of what wins you games. You know, that's when you find out who your dudes are and the players who grade out high on on this aspect of, of our player evaluation are are usually going to be the players that we're going to start to build our offensive and defensive schemes around and try to find out how we can make them bigger parts of our of our team. But then also those players who maybe are our one aspect uh, of the reading scale. You know, how can, we, how can we highlight their ability in our, in our schemes and in our program? So, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and play some athletes, and you want to be at your best with those athletes. Uh, and this just gives us a great framework and a great uh, foundation for, you know, what we call our, you know, our eight-month development plan, from when the season ends all the way to when we get through the summer. Uh, and how can we take you from a three-and-a-half – on overall speed, and how can we make you a four? Well, that's going to be different for every single player. When we look at, you know, how how do we grade you out in blocking or, or tackling? You know, and, you know, just to kind of elaborate on what you guys have done at USA Football, you know, we've taken our, our – the forensics of tackling and broken it down. So, you know, even more. So now we can really look at the individual areas that they need to develop and kind of prescribe them with a, an off season plan. That's going to help them develop. And then you have your technique, your hand fighting and your catching ability. That's going to be by position. We're kind of, you know, it's kind of fluid. We'll look at a defensive lineman's ability to use his hands, a wide receiver's ability to, you know, to his catch radius. Uh, and how do we improve those? You know, what areas are, are they struggling in and what areas are they strong in and then from there, we'll, we'll talk about how we're going to develop that in December, in January, all the way through until we get back into August. And those small little gains that you can make, that has a huge impact on your overall program. If, if you can improve your players in, in those categories, even a point or a half a point that's going to have an exponential impact on your program and you're going to be better because of it. And then your players also see that you have like a really detailed plan because with these scores, we're going to take them and develop their goals and their benchmarks for those eight months. And it's going to be based off of physical tactical and technical. So we're going to give them a very specific goal that we need to them to achieve. And, and from there, we're going to help develop that plan and provide the resources that we can to help them get there. And, uh, it is involved but man it's fun i i there's nothing more that i enjoy than kind of developing a plan of attack with a kid and then helping him see it uh, through fruition
1: and we we mentioned you use some gps wearable technology for your team you wrote an article on that extensive one explaining how you guys use that but uh just give us a quick overview of that technology and what you use it for
0: yeah so we we were a GPS monitoring system and we'll work during our practices and that just allows us to to really Uh, monitor the players uh, overall systems you know and there's a lot of different applications for it and but i'll just more specifically when we're talking about speed you know you can line a kid up and run a 40 and that's going to be great but there's human error when it comes to a 40 if it's not done electrically but what's more important to me is how fast are they in a game application you know and what the gps does it allows us to see through the course of a a practice or a scrimmage or even a game if you work during a game you know that player's top end speed at any given point during the day, and to me, that's the stuff that you, you you grade on. Because if I have a player who's able to hit 21 miles per hour in a, in pads in a game, well, you know that that kid's elite. He's gonna be. He's got. He's a kid who we have to figure how we're gonna get the football. But then you look at more of the you know the. the the middle group the the more realistic group of a kid who's sixteen to eighteen miles per hour, well, how do we get him functionally faster? you know how do we how do we take the weight room and the nutrition plan and and apply that so that when he's in pads he can be at his very best, and then even goes even further back to how can he be his fastest on a Friday night? So it's kind of it's kind you kind of open a Pandora's box when you do that because the applications for it are, are limitless and we're still figuring out how to use all that data. But when we're talking about player evaluation, it's it's you know it's black and white. You know you're, you either hit the numbers or you don't. Um, and there's limited human error because it's it's not a human running it.
1: Yeah, that's great stuff. We'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on to talk more about that as well. And then, you know, Rob, looking at the remainder of your evaluation, you have some short answer. Or you have an area for short answer there. And for you, that's all done in a positive way. I mean, that's important to you that uh, you are a positively driven program. So what you guys write there, though, is still going to be very meaningful to helping the player improve.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I should change it. It says player's best quality or trait, and then it says player's worst quality or trait. And really, when we talk about worst quality, it's more of like, what's the area that we need to improve upon the most? And like you said, like, we we don't want to approach a kid with like, you know, here's your worst quality as a person or a player. Like, that's not what you want but we have to figure out what theory that we really need to to get to develop you and you know what's a red flag if there are any and if it's and it's something that needs to be a conversation point and so that's an opportunity for the coaches to write a line or two about their personal opinion you know because not everything can be done by a number system you know sometimes if a positional coach is, is working with his group there's a lot that 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 can't be just graded on like there's a there's a relationship how did that player take it take the coaching every single day or what did you witness that player do that maybe we can't measure and that goes a long way you know when we're developing these evals we're not only looking to identify our, our top end players but we're also looking to identify those glue guys those guys who can help build our program you know from a foundational standpoint they're just as important as the all state kids that we have you know and I, I think that gets lost in with social media that we highlight the best players and, and rightfully so because on a Friday night they do amazing things things but when you're able to kind of identify those glue guys those important players to a program you know those are the guys you really fight to keep in the program because they don't have to do it if they don't want to
1: rob all this then uh, as you mentioned and i wanted to talk about this a little bit you guys basically have your staff has till february to complete this and then you have your personnel meeting at that time is that the at the same time is that when you are doing the the you know, one-on-one meetings with your players.
0: Yeah. So what we do is we try to get these done, you know, as soon as possible. Like I just handed these out to my staff uh, last week. And ideally I'd like to have them done, prior to the winter break because then that allows me to take the, the, the sheets kind of digest them and then process them and put them into our metric system and come out of the break with with these numbers because then we can start our player meetings we can start our, our goals meetings with our players and kind of really clearly talk about what we've what we've seen and, and here's where you stand and then by February when we have our personnel meeting with our staff we go through every single player and we go through their eval card and we go through their picture And we talk about every player in the program and how they've developed in that first quarter since we've graded them and some kids, and then I'll actually go through and then regrade and change some of the grades. If I see development in those areas, And then kind of, you know, just a chance to give my coaches who don't have that high contact with our players an update as to their players development in the weight room or what have you. And it it allows us to kind of set the foundation for our summer programming and and go from there. So we kind of always go back to the evals and these numbers because it allows us to to show player growth and allows us to very easily, you know, reflect on if a player's gotten better or if there's remediation that needs to take place for some reason you know not every player grows like you'd like to think they do but sometimes they don't and you have to remediate and find out why they didn't and this is just a good just like a grade book it's just a great way to kind of go back and identify those areas
1: and you mentioned that you will update that in your personnel meetings do you guys update this at any other time throughout the off season?
0: Yeah, so I'll put these in, and then I'll update them after every 10-week cycle in our off-season. So the next update would, would come right before that February meeting, because that, that's about when our winter cycle ends. And then the next update would come after the spring cycle. And then the final update comes after our, our last day of camp in July for, for summer. And then so those are kind of the working numbers as we move into the season. And, and we, you know, we kind of we keep an eye on those numbers. But really, those those end of the end of the summer numbers are really going to be what we use for that group when they come back at the end of that season, to see if see where they're at, see what kind of growth they had.
1: Rob, as you've done these and you've taken a look at the results after all the data is put in, especially you know your, your chart that shows everything in colors, has there been anything that surprised you either for the good or or like wow I didn't know we were really that weak in that area as you've looked at these?
0: Well, I think I'm. All, I think I'm always proud of the character aspect and and how our kids are doing academically, and also from like a character development standpoint, uh, they really just have bought into what we're selling. But kind of one of the, the you know red flags, so to speak, that we've noticed is the ability to execute directives on the football field. And, and from that standpoint, we start looking at okay. Is it a teaching issue? And so that's kind of made us reflect on how we do our practice models and how we're getting information across from game plan to really anything. And so moving into this next season, it's something that's probably my biggest area of development is, you know, how are we going to effectively teach our lessons to our kids so that there's less joystick, I guess I should say, on a Friday night and more kids playing fast and understanding what they're doing. So that's always something. So, yeah, like, I get more excited about the the areas of improvement that we have to have than finding out that we're strong in a certain area because that just doesn't make you any better.
1: Rob, I, I always talk with Rob Everett. I think you've had a chance to at least meet him digitally. But, you know, Rob and I talk about some – some you know getting different programming whatever using different technology in your program and we always talk about how to get started because it can be overwhelming to just implement a full system if you've never done it before so um, we are going to share your article which will have uh, the details of this and put some other things in our show notes as well but recommendations for coaches who haven't had this kind of formalized system and how to get started with something like this.
0: I I think just kind of, I would say, sit down with your staff and find out what's what's realistic and and what's going to benefit your program the most. You know, what type of evaluative system do you want to have? If it's something that needs to be that you want to introduce technology, then find somebody who can do it and create the infrastructure so that you can get it done. I'm fortunate that, like, I've taken a liking to this because I find it to be more efficient from a head coaching standpoint. So it's something that we've really focused on is kind of becoming more of a digital program and satellite, too. So if that's the you find that you just want to be more of a pen and paper, then st- stick with just the, with the numbering system, and get an eval sheet, create your own eval, and get it out to your coaches. But then I think the most important thing is to sit down and talk about what you've got. Like data is great, but it's if it's just sitting there, it's it's an untapped resource. So however you're going to do it, just make sure that you have the conversations about what you found out and how you're rating your players and where you can get better.
1: Well, Rob, I appreciate you sitting down and taking the time with us and, and sharing an idea that can help coaches. Certainly, I'm going to keep up with you and definitely have some other ideas here. We're going to have to get you back on the podcast maybe later this offseason to talk about some of those. But I want to thank you for you've always been, been a great contributor to what we're doing uh, with your writing through some of the podcasts you do. So I'm thankful for you and uh, I appreciate all you do.
0: Oh, Keith, I can't tell you. I appreciate everything that you do for the game of football. It's a, it's a ton of fun to be able to listen to what you guys do and then participate. So I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Coach Palmazak will be joining us again soon on the podcast as we've put together a series in which he will share some ideas that should be very helpful to you, regardless of what level that you're at. Be sure you're following all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow us on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.